Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good. Yours? Yeah, not too bad. Welcome to the podcast. This is You Mean a Poltergeist. We are your weekly dose of demons and ghosts. Oh, <laughs> oh that was a good one, babe. That was Thank very you. good. You did enjoy. <laughs> Thanks. I'm Brayden. I'm Belinda. Yeah, and hey. I was told I have a good podcast voice. Oh, really? You know? Who told you? Uh, my old manager at Ruby Shoes. Nice. Don't know if I should have said Ruby Shoes. <laughs> From <laughs> your old work. My old work. I have not been told that. Babe, but you know, that's fine. Babe, I need to tell you something. What do you need to tell me, babe? You have a good podcast voice. Well, thank you. You know what they say, when you don't have a face for TV, you've got a voice for radio. (laughs) (laughs) Or podcasts. Oh, come on. (laughs) But what if you have... I blanked. Sorry, (laughs) I just had an aneurysm. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, that's like nothing to joke about. Well, you know. You've been hit in the head. I have. Yeah. So... What's new? <coughs> we're finally, well, speaking of coughing, as we were just coughing, we're finally better. We're getting better. Definitely not as bad as the last two episodes. I'd say I'm 96% healthy. The last 4% just being inflammation from sickness. I think physically about 94% for me. The rest is just um, my coughing, I guess, yeah. which isn't too bad. Yeah, fair enough. That's my Pepsi. No, this one's mine, you idiot. What'd you say to me, <laughs> motherfucker? I don't say anything, but this one's mine. It was this side. Next to me. I didn't reach over and grab yours. Any cool new stories to tell us about paranormal things that happened to you through the week? I don't think so. Okay, Did cool. anything happen to me that I'm blanking on? Nope. I'm just asking you, <laughs> in case something happened that I was unaware about. I keep thinking that I, I keep seeing something, but I'm not too sure if it's just me overthinking that yeah. I'm seeing something. Yeah, I often see things out the corner of my eye and then look, and then I don't know what exactly it was that triggered my vision. Yep. Humans are like hyper-focused to have like peripheral... like detection of like uh human shapes or just shapes in general so you can you can picture anything ever there and be like oh that's that was something but ultimately you know it's just your mind being hyper alert of your surroundings our brains are 
trained to see faces and things. That's why when you look at a brick, you can be like, oh, there's a smiley face. Or when you look at a cloud, you're like, oh, there's a face. Yeah. Or when you look at a tree and you're like, that looks weird. Looks like a face. Yeah. It's because your brain's trained to do it. But literally, just someone us walking through the kitchen. Yep. Lounge room. Whatever. I looked over in the kitchen area and I swear to fucking God, I saw a mouse. And then I walk in here and there's mouse. Oh, Really? Well, I don't think your brain's trained to see mouse out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, I'd love to not see mouse half the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a tricky boy. Uh, I love him. I'm just... I'm tired. And he does not... He does he a lot of... He doesn't love me. And he definitely doesn't love our cat, Priscilla. No. Hey, but mouse. Molly. Molly, our dog. Our dog, Molly, loves Priscilla the cat. Oh my god. Those the two kisses. are best friends. Oh, the kisses. They hug and snuggle and clean each other and play. And they don't play like rough. They play. Well, they play a bit rough, but you know, they love. Yeah, but if they get really rough, Priscilla's like. Oh. Yeah, and then Molly's like, them, oh fuck, I'm so sorry. Or one of them squeaks. Licks. Yeah, one of them squeaks and the other's like, a sorry. Then they have like a sisterly bonding like, powwow time moment. where they're just like, okay, let's just love each other for a second. And then one of them attacks, and then it's on. It's well, mouse, on. mouse comes in and just chest bumps and bites. And then Molly's like, well, this is over. Fuck you. I've watched Molly defend Priscilla a number of times from Mouse. Yeah. Like, it's, usually Mouse is the one doing chest bumps. Like, he'll run towards something. And he's only tiny, but he's got this big fluffy chest, so he's got a little pad. So he just runs and just, like, flying chest bumps, like, retracts his head back into his sternum and <laughs> just bumps with his chest. I watched Molly the other day take a page out of his book and just fucking straight up chest check mouse <laughs> when he was going for Priscilla. Yeah. Just like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I just noticed something? So when we first started dating, you, like, never swore. Yeah. And now all you do is swear. You've you degraded never, me. No, you never used to say the word cunt. And now you say it all the time. Like, fuck that cunt. And I'm just like, whoa, I mean, babe. I never said it in front of you. Exactly. And now you're just like, fucking cunts and bitches, shit, what? I think lollipops are like relationships. <laughs> I feel like I should have started that with the other way around. I feel like relationships, relationships are like, are like lollipops. lollipops. The more you lick at it, the Good. less filtered it is with its swear words. That doesn't make any sense. I was going to say, the more it disintegrates. Yeah, well, yeah. Priscilla, It could have gone down. a lot of bad ways, but I was just, I don't know. You know what I mean, though. Like, there's a coating on the outside, and then you lick it a few times, and then there's not a coating. rough. Yeah, that's like a real... It's like a that's hole. Definitely... It's, like a, it's like a bubble in there, and then you like cut your tongue on it, and then it kind of oh. gets good again. Do you know those lollipops? They're yeah. like really cheap ones. So you're saying we have a cheap relationship. Priscilla, stop making so much noise. Mouse, is, Mouse literally just ran over because Brayden was getting grumpy at Priscilla, and Mouse is like, I'll come fuck her up. I'll do it. Mousey, lay back down, please. Give me my chest bumps. No, I'm not saying that we're a cheap relationship. I know. But there's so many... expensive to be up. There's so many metaphors that a lollipop can have when in terms... When in sort of compared to a relationship. lollipop. All... The only comparison (laughs) I was making was that I don't have a sugar coating on the outside anymore. 
and I'm a rough lollipop. I'm that lollipop that's been stuck on the movie theatre floor. I am a bit hairy now. I've got a beard. (laughs) You've always had facial hair, though. Yeah, but now I'm like a bit sticky. You know, I've been in other people's mouths. What the fuck? (laughs) Not during the time. Like this is over the course of my life. No, I don't want to hear that shit. Lick me. (laughs) (laughs) No, you've got cooties. Speaking of cooties. We don't really have a topic as much today as we it's are. It's my fault. We are just speaking of two haunted places. I heard a story and then it was like, they do ghost huntings here. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's going to be my story this week. Yeah. And then I spent all day right now, like, well, not all day, probably about four. Doing some sweet research. About three hours, just typing up. Like, like fucking day and a half. Three hours of just research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was typing up, trying to, like, get all the information and, like, kind of condense it down so it's not too long so that I can talk more about the paranormal side. And then I go to search the paranormal side and I'm searching for, like, an hour and I can't find anything paranormal. And I was like, your motherfuckers lied to me. <laughs> and I didn't get this prepared in time so I couldn't, like, just find another mass murder haunting to do because that was going to be the original topic we're going to do mass murder hauntings Hauntings. kind of like the amityville but we've redone the amityville i'm sure we can do it again because i know there's probably going to be a bunch of mass murder hauntings yeah i'm sure there is but i did a quick little google and i was like fuck it there's nothing that's just coming up (laughs) so i've gone with a with a mental hospital the frustration of three hours down the drain I'm really fucking upset about it. I'm super angry. My blood pressure is high. My heart rate is high. My chest is tight. Tight? Tight? I'm kidding. I'm just like super grumpy about it. That's fair enough. Not happy at all. I understand. I won't cry. Okay, well, let's not cry. And let's get in today's sick episode. You guys should have just seen Brayden's hand movements. <laughs> he punched the air four times. <laughs> it was only three. Should have been four, because that's even. Okay, well, you know. Priscilla's crying out there. I don't know what she wants. I've taken her outside twice today, cleaned her fucking litter tray twice. She's got biscuits. I've given her treats. I don't know what she wants. Me? That's all I hear. Priscilla! So... Let's get this episode started. You wanna? I'm gonna start us? first this week because I really sloppily chucked this together. You know what we missed last week, babe? That it was our thirteenth episode. Our thirteenth episode. And we did not say shit. We did not say shit. It was released on a Friday, the thirteenth episode. <laughs> Which, by the way, the reason why we release on a Friday is because at one point there will be. Oh yeah. A Friday. 13th. So yeah, we had we missed our Friday 13th episode. Well, it's not technically Friday 13th, it's just the 13th episode on Friday. Yeah, counts. Not really. But, but okay. And also, if Halloween doesn't come on a Friday this year, I've not checked my calendar yet. I'm not going to because that's in October and that's too much scrolling for me. But if it doesn't land on a Friday, we're going to do a special Halloween episode. Oh, 
I want a Halloween episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do a Halloween episode. I don't know, like, what it would be, though. I really want to do a clown episode, but there's only really one clown-type scary haunting thing. And it's... Is it paintings or dolls? Dolls. Lots of clown dolls. I think we should do that as a special when... It comes, it comes out. out. And we will. It too. So look forward to that. Hell yeah, bitches. But for now... I'm gonna talk about the Aradale Mental Hospital. The what? The Aradale Mental Hospital. Arrowdale? Aradale. 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 Is this in Australia somewhere? You damn fucking straight. <laughs> I am straight. <laughs> no. And I am correct. You're right. Absolutely right. It is in Australia. It's in Melbourne, Victoria. No, not Melbourne. Mother. Melbourne is its own fucking hell. It's in Victoria. It's in mm. the southwest of Victoria. Um, this was a psychiatric hospital located in Ararat, a rural city in southwest Victoria, Australia. So it was originally known as the Ararat. Ararat. See, this is fucking Australia, mate. Ararat. Ararat. Literally, that's how we'd say it. Originally known as Ararat Lunatic Asylum, Aradale and its two sister asylums at Kew and Beechworth were commissioned to accommodate the growing number of lunatics in the colony of Victoria. You know what a lunatic is? Someone that's crazed by the moon. Lunatic. (laughs) Fun fact. Fun fact. (laughs) Cool, did you? (laughs) Thanks. Um, so construction began in 1864, and the guard houses are listed as being built in 1866, though the list of patients extends as far back as the year before, in 1865. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was closed in as, as an asylum in 1998. The asylum sits on top of what was coined as Madman's Hill, the grounds of Ararat, were said to be beautiful. Wow. I'll take a little sippy sip of my Pepsi Max, sponsored by Pepsi. Oh, and the cats have decided to do jiu-jitsu on the ground. Not cats, the cat and dog, mate. The, the animals have decided to do jiu-jitsu on the ground. Priscilla is straight in savage mode, attacking Molly's neck. This up, oh, the camera's up. Oh my god. And Priscilla retreats, and the victor is Molly. That was a play-by-play <laughs> of their fighting. Casual occurrence. Casual uh, battle. <clears throat> so, the asylum was designed by G.W. Vivian and John James Clark, adapting Vivian's initial designs for a similar building in Kew and Beechworth. Building commenced at Kew, Ararat and Beechworth at roughly the same time. However, Ararat was completed first. The building of Ararat was contracted to O'Grady, Glynn, and O'Callaghan, and not patients or inmates, as they were called back then, um, as many mistakenly believe. The asylum was built... like a newsreader. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Next up, My name's Sandra Sully. (laughs) And this is my... Podcast. Oh. Okay. Inappropriate. This is a family podcast. This is a family podcast, sure. We have five-year-olds. 
listening to this. And up next, bananas in the pajamas coming down the stairs. Will they catch them, teddy bears? We'll find out next. Oh, will they catch herpes? Oh God! <laughs> Drinking your bath water. Have you heard that? No. That fucking YouTuber sold her bath water, Ew. and her subscribers drank it, and they all contracted herpes. Really? Yeah. That's great. Well, that teaches you a lesson. Don't fucking drink someone's bath water, you dumb shit. If someone's shit. gross enough to sell you their dirty bath water, you probably shouldn't drink it. And you probably you shouldn't, shouldn't buy, buy it. it. I wonder how much they paid per litre. I don't know, I didn't look into Bargain. it. Bargain. I've just been loving the memes. And that brings us into our merch <laughs> for the day. You can buy our dirty bath water. <laughs> Actually, it's shower water. Oh. We don't have a bath. <laughs> We do have herpes, though, so... Absolutely. Look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue, Sandra Sully. Thank you. Apparently now I am Sandra Sully reporting for Paranormal News. Okay. This just in. This just in. The asylum was built as a town within a town, with its own market gardens, orchids, vineyards, piggery, and other stock kept on <laughs> oh, the ground. Oh, okay, I'm going to stop talking about that. Yeah, fair enough. At its height, it had over 500 staff, and as it stands today, the complex is made up of 63 buildings ranging in age from the original wings built in the, the 1860s to the modern forensic unit, which is built, which was built in 1991, only two years before the facility closed. Cool. Despite being closed and as an asylum, uh, the facility continued to house female prisoners during the building renovation of... Dame Phyllis Frost Centre, which is a prison, right up until its current management took over in 2001. So in December 1886, the jail of Ararat was, procl- was proclaimed as J Ward of the Ararat Asylum. It was to cater those persons who were detained in any jail, reformatory or industrial school or other place of confinement who appeared to be... Insane. Or as they would call them, lunatics. Lunatics. The ward was not a separate institution and has continued to function as a division of the Ararat Mental Hospital. J Ward was also regarded as a temporary measure. A new institution was to be built at Sunbury for the renovation of the criminally insane. However... When the building was nearing completion, it was decided that it would house females only and males would remain at J Ward. In May 1988, the Minister for Health announced that J Ward was to be closed over the next year. Ararat was used to relieve the prison system of those thought to be the most criminally insane and irreparably evil. However, it also became a place for individuals suffering from mental illness, postnatal depression, yep, and conditions such as epilepsy, autism, or Down syndrome. Oh yes, because those are insane people. Absolutely. And epilepsy, of course, is just a sign of the devil. Oh yeah, we, as we've obviously discovered. I mean, put them in the bloody prison. The power of Christ compel you. Exactly, a little bit of shake and <laughs> everyone goes nuts. Okay, so just the, the decommission... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, just the other day I was yeah, twerking outside and I got taken to jail. <laughs> twerking outside 
and got taken to jail. Yeah, yeah that is a crime. You twerking. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, look at him. Epilepsy. What a lunatic. <laughs> look at him. He's fucking twerking. Get him in behind bars, that fucking crazy nut. I'm not sure if he said behind bars or on a bar. Probably behind. <laughs> okay, well, I did end up stripping you for just a minute. Love and Rockets drive by and they're like, aha, we've found our new dancer. <laughs> They'll ask you to be the hostess for a week and then be like, can you dance when down one dancer? Do you know what Love and Rockets is? Not a clue. It is a gentleman's club. Oh, lovely. It is a stripper place. A stripper place? <laughs> People strip there and dance. Yeah. And get a little naked. Well, Alright, so the decommissioning of Aradal began in the early 1990s with patients transferred to community living to, and to other facilities. After December 1993, the Ararat Forensic Psychiatry Centre... Psychiatry Centre. Ah, okay. Psychiatry Centre. I've never seen that word written down. Um, was the only remaining ward. In 1997, the remaining patients at... AFPC were eventually transferred to Rasana until the new Thomas Embling Hospital in Fairfield was completed. Now Australia's largest abandoned mental institution, it had seen 13,000 deaths in its 130-year history. What the hell? Yeah, that averaged That's... out to be 100 deaths a year. Patients, prisoners, and staff included. At any one time, the old Victorian structure was home to roughly 1,000 patients and 500 staff. 13,000 people died there. Yep, definitely 13,000. I did not mispronunciate that. Now, if my math serves me at all slightly correct, mm-hmm. that's about... One death every three days. How horrendous is that? It's pretty shitty. Pretty fucking shit. I mean, I thought that Bogo Road Jail, when we went there, was pretty gross. But if there's one person dying every three days in this place... Mm. Could you imagine? No wonder it closed down, I mean... Yeah. Serious safety hazards. Oh no! <laughs> Old Mike and the gang fell through the floor again. <laughs> we oughta, we oughta fix that floor. I don't oh. think that's what they were dying from. Oh shit! <laughs> Cell block G <laughs> turned to rubble I just again. Watched a string of snot come out your nose. Yeah. Well, delicious. Oh my god! I was very animate about cell block G. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, it's not cell blocks either. Well, whatever it is. They're wards because it's a hospital. Oh no, ward G. Oh, it's a hospital. Yeah, it's an asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, old ward J. J ward. ward. Old the one that I've mentioned like old four times. J wards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> been filled with <laughs> gas again. Oh, God. Everyone's gassed. Okay, Hitler. Fuck. Jesus. Hey, too soon. <laughs> no, it's not. Fucking <laughs> hell. Today, the building is, is used for ghost tours, where reports of visitors unexpectedly fainting, feelings of nausea and pains while walking through certain rooms, wards with ominous 
smells. I should have really changed that word. It smells and yeah, methodical banging sounds like patients hitting their heads against walls are commonly noted. Ominous. Ominous. Cool. However, out of the asylum's 60-plus buildings, the J Ward was known for housing Ararat's most infamous patients, with one of its most prominent being Bill Wallace. While never tried to... Oh, Bill and the boys. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) While never tried or convicted, Wallace was suspected... He was a suspected murderer who allegedly shot a friend over an argument about a cigarette. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sounds about right. It's pretty Australian, if you yeah. ask me. Um, anyway, and then he was declared insane by two separate doctors in 1925. He was sent to Aradau for 64 years to be to be held at the governor's pleasure. What? Yep, that's what it's quoted. Maybe he, he's a stripper. Maybe. Um, and he died there aged 107 in 1989. Next up on the poll is Billy. Happy 100th birthday. Oh yeah, governor. Hey, like, what's your shape? <laughs> Looking his leg up in the air and his hip dislocates. <laughs> <laughs> Still as flexible as the day he arrived. <laughs> Still insane. <coughs> He is here for the governor's pleasure and yours. Oh, <laughs> That's right, he did. Oh, God. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I quit this podcast. No, you can't. I do. We have too much to achieve. I hand him achieve. a resignation. I'd rather stay in retail my whole life. Than hear me talk about Billy and the boys. <laughs> Why is he... <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. It's it's just all too much right now. This is a big day. Yeah. Another popular story is that of disturbed patient Gary Webb, who was said to have mutilated his body over 70 times and is known for shouting at people to get out of his room. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a cool thing to be known for. I feel like I've shouted get out at my mum in my room a number of times. I hope I hope when I die, it's on my tombstone. Okay. Here lies Brayden, known for saying get out. What a good character trait. There's another particularly infamous room that leaves visitors with feelings of nausea, terror and trance-like states which is said to last until they've left the building. The ward is also said to be haunted by three prisoners that were hung and buried in the exercise area of the ward back in 1859, when the J ward was originally used as the county jail. Because they were convicted for murder, they weren't given a Christian burial, and now the only evidence of their former existence are three small marks scratched into the prison wall. Oh. Yeah. Prisoners and ex-patients aside, there have also been reports of asylum staff members who still frequent the building. The superintendent's office, also known for being haunted with visitors experiencing a bitter taste while walking by his office. The explanation being that a former superintendent died by suicide after swallowing purisic acid? He swallowed some fucking acid or hydrogen cyanide. 
While we don't know for sure who this is, according to the reports, this could have been Dr. William L. Mullen, who died in 1912. Um, other supernatural sensations have arisen from tours as well. According to the Real Paranormal Experiences, visitors have reported feelings of being shoved and bitten as well as sounds of shrieking voices, ticking clocks, and electric interference with cameras and other electrical equipment. Ooh. Here's some claims from uh, the... Uh, I didn't write it down, but it's the Asylum's Facebook page. All right. <laughs> they have a Facebook page. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Facebook pages, if you haven't already, go ahead and like ours and follow our Instagram page. It's all you mean about to guys. Oh, thank you. So here's some claims. I also felt overwhelmed with nausea and dizziness in one of the tiny cells in the woman's ward and felt again in the men's surgery room, someone claimed. Oh. That's what's written after that. My son saw a figure in the woman's area. Added, up, added another. I took many photos of you potentially showing some shadows slash faces. And my son fainted in one of the rooms. Wow. That boy needs milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I tried to think of a meme, but I couldn't. Didn't see a ghost, but did get a tingling sensation on one half of my head in the other room, in one of the rooms, which was later told was the shock therapy ward. Cool. Creepy. So the ghost of a particularly harsh and wicked nurse, Nurse Kerry, is said to fix her icy stare on visitors until they are compelled to leave. She clearly doesn't want anyone to see what happens on her ward. Mm. They say the saddest ghost in this eerie building must be old Margaret, a patient for most of her life. She eventually escaped Ararat when the building closed in the 90s. Institutionalised and knowing no other home... Her ghost returned after the death to haunt the place where she felt safest. That's kind of sad. Kind of cute. Is it? Not at all. (laughs) Make your way downstairs to visit the underground kitchen and you may encounter the spirit of a young boy called Stuart. Said to haunt the kitchen area along with a former cook, it is not known whether the young boy is a former inmate or former employee of the asylum. Which employee would make sense because... It was the 1800s. But also, an inmate would make sense, because what if he had, like, Down syndrome or something? Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's enough. Uh, the most notorious area of J Ward is the governor's bathroom. Many staff and visitors refuse to enter, sensing the palpable evil that is present within. Said to be possessed by a demonic force, at least one prisoner is rumoured to have been murdered and disembembered. Dis- Dismembered. Bumber bit bean. <laughs> Burger being put better. Disbembered. Disbembered. Bin bubbuff. Anyway. Um, so, and dismembered. Dismembered in the bath. Damn, this governor's into some real freaky <laughs> yeah, shit. It's so fucked up. Drifter Paranormal and another investigation team who visited Aradale. Husband and wife John and Deb Christopher travel around the country investigating reportedly haunted spots. 
They do it for the sheer pleasure of it and said they aim to debunk as many as they can. They visited Aradale in mid-2017 and called it one of the worst places they've been to. Where we were in that place, we didn't feel frightened. We just wanted to get the hell out of there. It's like when you go into a nightclub or somewhere and things are going to kick off. What? Things. <laughs> this guy's so bogan. It's like when you go in a nightclub or somewhere and things are going to kick off. You walk in there and you immediately feel the atmosphere in the place and you think, oh, I'm out of here. This place is going to get nasty. Wow. <laughs> that ain't the only thing that got nasty in there. Oh, hell no. Um, we just had that. <laughs> we just had that feeling the whole time we were in there. It was bad. It was the baddest place we've ever investigated. Both investigate. <laughs> Baddest? <laughs> word for word. John, that ain't a word. Yeah, I know, because word was like, Imagine yo, squiggly red line. Oh. I doubt he's listening to this. Well, if you are, John, we love you. <laughs> Baddest is not a word. But maybe, seek Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? I'm gonna teach. English to you. <laughs> baddest boys, baddest boys. Anyway. Both investigators said that they were not particularly sensitive and made no claim to being psychic or otherwise gifted. Instead, they rely on their equipment to pick up evidence of otherworldly goings-on. But, sensitive or not, Aridau had plenty to offer them. We go purely with scientific, as close as paranormal gets to scientific instruments, John said. We so rarely pick up things at a time. At the time. Quite often we'll have a night where we don't have a damn thing. (laughs) We don't see a damn thing all night. We're just sitting there in the dark, getting filthy, and not getting any kind of sugar whatsoever. What the hell? Well, they they go and get some sugar from Billy and the boys at Aradale, apparently. But the thing about Ararat is we got plenty of personal experiences as we went along. This is all coming together now. Fucking Jono over here. Some of the equipment they used was audio recording devices and a K2 EMF meter. Uh, we all know that EMF stands for electromagnetic field, obviously. And John said that planning an investigation with the equipment was a rigorous process. The problem with those instruments is they pick up phone signals. They pick up. They pick it up um, if there's anyone on a two-way radio or anything like that, he said. So you've to baseline the whole area to make sure you're not picking up on natural phenomena. Phenomena. So you know when the thing does kick off, there's a likelihood of something less normal. This guy is just... So bogan. Where's he fucking from? (laughs) But this is creepy as hell. The bear had several experiences while locked away in Aradale with their equipment. Not all of them were scary. Some of them were sexy. We went into the little hexagonal area where they used to look after the Down Syndrome kids back when Down Syndrome kids were institutionalised. So sad. The feeling in there was lovely. We got a lot of hits in there and we saw a lot of shadows. The interesting thing is we very rarely see shadows. We got chaser lights yeah, where the K2s went off, but they went off in sequence as if somebody was running past us. That's what... What was her name? John. I missed that. Deb. That's what Deb said. It was a pleasant encounter. Oh no, that's what John said. 
Deb said it was the pleasant encounter. It was like they were hiding behind doors and stuff like that. You got that childlike playing feeling and it wasn't malicious at all. It was fun, she said. Oh, that's nice. From there, it was off to the nurses' quarters, which the team had been told was quite active. For us, it wasn't that active, but that said, we had bangs in there and we heard this kind of wheezing noise, like somebody was breathing with a bit of asthma, John said. It was like a whistle. Deb said there was a really loud bang that they thought was the guide, but they later learned he wasn't even in the building at the time. They both said that they had isolated drafty areas from consideration, but but were still unable to explain the bang. Then we got to the ECT ward and everything changed, John said. We physically saw cell doors moving. Now it was a windy night, but it was right in the middle of the building where there was no windows and so on. It was a reasonably well-sealed place and we didn't feel any drafts or anything, even when we were standing near the windows. Because we know, babe, we know how those damn drafts are fucking get you. They're deadly. They're deadly. (laughs) They will slice your limbs off. Now we've discussed this. Cell doors are fucking heavy too. Mm -hmm. So for it to be moving. Wind can't fucking move a cell door. Yeah, like solid steel cell door. We don't really know what kind of cell door it is, but... I assume it's definitely like what was at Boggo Road. <laughs> like metal. Like metal. Straight up met. Go up or... to a metal door and blow on it. Can you move it? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Get your industrial fan out. Is it going to move? No. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because ghosts are real. She said it here first, here folks. And that's how we end this podcast. Well, I still got to talk about some stuff, but... No, the whole podcast is over now, because I've just given them the... Oh, the confirmation. That's all they needed. That's that's all they're listening for. A ghost trail. Yes. They are. And because we love you guys so much, we're going to continue on with this podcast. Wow, how generous of you. (laughs) You've returned. I've returned. Out of retirement for that brief one second. I unquit. You unquit? (laughs) Yeah. Remember how I quit earlier? Sure. I unquit. (laughs) Okay. You're back. I'm back. Guess who's back? Back again. I feel like we sing. Bond is back. Tell your friends. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I did bleach my hair more today, so it's extra platinum. So you are Slim Shady. I'm the real Slim Shady, and I will stand up. But not right now. Not right now. (laughs) Okay. I'm a wee bit tired. I haven't had a nap today. Okay, well, let's keep going. Deb said the movement of the cell doors stood apart from other experiences that night. A lot of the bangs we heard we could debunk because they were obviously the wind hitting the fly screen or something. But these doors, no way, she said. No way. There were other sounds that were also difficult to debunk. We we had furniture moving when there's no bloody furniture there. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) She's there bloody? No, this is John now. We had furniture moving when there's no bloody furniture there, John said. You know the noise wooden furniture makes when it scrapes along lino? You get that kind of brr noise. Did he actually write brr noise? B-R-R-R. Brr. Oh my god. Brr. Like that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Michael Jackson's ghost is haunting this jail. <laughs> Probably. 
Just <laughs> moving, moving chairs around. <laughs> you guys need to see it, our arm movements. Belinda is pretending to move chairs while doing Michael Jackson's hee hee. Shimon! <laughs> I may have, I may have a voice for podcasting. I do not have the laugh at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that now. <laughs> it's terrible. So the pair haven't made it back to Aradale, but they do intend to do so at some point. Drawn like many others for the mystery and horror of the place. For anyone heading there to do some ghost hunting on their own, the Christophers have some ideas. I mean, not ideas. Advice. I'm sure they had some ideas while they were there, you know what I'm saying? You want to make yourself as vulnerable as you can, uh, John said. We'll bugger off out of earshot or from each other and be completely on our own and sit there and pitch black just to try and lay ourselves bare and paint a paranormal target on our back. They They also had a theory as to why people claim to have more encounters at night. One of the reasons that we do that at night, that's when the upper layers of the brain switch off. John said, the lower levels, the cerebellum, what they call the reptilian brain, kicks in. That's the survival bit. It turns all of your basic senses into overdrive. You hear better, you see better, you've got more rods and cones in the peripheral parts of your eyeballs. We just think you're much more tuned into picking up on stuff, he said. And that was it. That's all I got. It's no conclusion besides. Ararat. Mental Asylum. Is haunted AF. Is haunted as fuck. Sounds pretty cool. I don't know about that John guy though. He seems a bit. He sounds like a true blue. He seems a bit eccentric. Uh, most Aussies are eccentric, bad. <laughs> Honestly. Especially John. Especially John. Deb. What a fucking Aussie <laughs> name. Fucking Deb. John and Deb. Deb. From what I hear, he's a real baddest ass. He's <laughs> the baddest ass investigator out there. <laughs> Deb's there, he's baddest sidekick. I'm just imagining Doug the bounty hunter and Beth <laughs> with the big titties. Fucking hell. You that I, yeah, I do. I'm not imagining that at all. I'm imagining... I don't even look at pictures of him. But I'm imagining he's just going in there. Pair of pluggers, hoodie shorts, yeah. wife beater. Butting snag in his hand. Yeah, most likely. Right, yeah, snack. That's what I'm For our Deb's... international listeners, a bunning snag is... No, imagine, let them figure it out. Imagine a... Well, we're what's... sending you a bunning snag. Uh, yeah, what's... <laughs> what's that American bunnings? Like a... Home Depot. Home Depot. Home Depot. <laughs> out the front of Home Depot. Imagine they put a sausage in a slice of bread. Diagonally. Diagonally in a slice of bread. Bit of and onion. then put a bit of onion on it and then some tomato sauce. I don't know. Barbecue. That is a bunning snag. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Bloody tomato sauce. Whatever no. you want. Fuck yous in your fucking tomato sauce. That is the baddest sauce. It's the baddest sauce out. <laughs> Can we name this like the baddest episode? <laughs> the baddest episode ever. I don't know. Let's see what your your one comes up with. We'll decide on a podcast then. So you want to hear what I have? I absolutely do. I just want to say one more thing. Go ahead. 
Ghosts are real, and Aradale, Ararat, whatever, whatever the fucking name Victoria name wants is. to call it, is one of the most haunted places in Australia. Oh, she's claiming it for it. The internet already did it, but I'm the most just let you know. hauntingest place in Australia. It's got the baddest energies. The mostest haunted place. It's the most hauntest place. The most hauntest. <laughs> oh my god, speak at this stage. You're tired. But it is one of the most haunted places in Australia. That sounds pretty cool. Our homeland of the Bunnings Snag. I'd love to. <laughs> Kelly, this episode should be called the Bunnings Snag. Yes, I'd love to go there. We're and in Australia, what are you talking about? Taking a trip overseas for my <laughs> for my little uh, rendezvous around the world of paranormal, I am going to be telling the story of you're right, you wide mouth yawning over there, heavy at breath. I am going to be telling the story of the Apache Death Cave. Ooh. I know, I know. This is in obviously the US of a in Two Guns, Arizona. Two Guns, Arizona. So, the basic history of the cave before we get into its hauntings and the creepy shit that happened and the curse surrounding the land of Two Guns currently. Does it have Wendigos in it? No. Sort of, but no. Oh, that's gay. There is a cryptid, but it's not a Wendigo. It is something called an Aswang. An Aswang? Well, an A-S-W-A-N-G. Aswang. Aswang? Hold on, let me... Can I Google... Google what... How to pronounce Aswang. Aswang. How do you spell it? A-S-W-A-N-G. Aswang. Aswang. So there is an Aswang there. Supposedly. Within the uh, 25 plus miles of tunnels that run through this death cave. Anyways, so... Two Guns, Arizona. Uh, in nineteen, sorry, in eighteen seventy-eight, Apache raiders slaughtered an encampment of the Navajo people. Oh! Nearly every man, woman, and child were killed, bar three, which they took as prisoners for their despicable means. Did they rape them? I'm unsure, but we can only assume. So, Navajo. Oh, I'm gonna take my. The Navajo leader uh, sent out a hunting party of his strongest warriors to attempt to gain vengeance upon the Apaches after learning of their uh, violent sort of slaughtering of their people. The Navajo tracked the Apaches, uh, blocked off their territory to try and trap them within uh, a zone, Mm -hmm. and the trail just sort of went dry. Went, sorry, went cold. That's what (laughs) The trail went dry and cold. The trail, yeah, as, <laughs> as they just sort of lost sight of everything. Like, they had no more trails to follow. They couldn't find them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Until more stories reached the leader of the Navajo that another encampment of theirs had been attacked. So, furious, he sent out these people once more to track them down. Uh, They did a bit more scouting, and they eventually found their way to Two Guns. Obviously not called Two Guns at that time, but it is in a little area nearby a basin, I believe, called... The area is called, like, Diablo Basin or something like that. Like, it's 
Diablo. Diablo. Like, the devil something. Not very, you know. Beelzebub. Good start. Beelzebub, exactly. Good, <laughs> good start. So, anyways. Yeah. Uh, they were sort of running out of ideas of where these people could be when their horses and them got a sudden spook when they were all hit with a, a hot blast of air. And they were like, what the hell? That's really weird. So they looked where this air came from, and they saw a tiny cave dug deep, deep, deep down into this strange little ravine. So they were like, huh. Hmm. Upon sort of scouting the little area out, they discovered that the 42 Apache warriors and all of their horses had managed to fit themselves... <laughs> and all the king's men. And all the king's men. <laughs> they could have and... been together again. <laughs> And they were all hiding within this little, well, what is now known as the Death Cave. But they were hiding within this cave and were using this cave as their sort of point to go out and do their little slaughters and uh, raid and whatnot. Yeah. Is that how it got its name? No. Oh. So. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like. Did they have a car? <laughs> no, they had guns though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did they get it before? <laughs> the Navajo were like, damn, we need to go back and tell the chief, and then we need to come back here with some force and enact our vengeance plan. So they did just <laughs> that. They came back in force with all their warriors, and they slaughtered the two evening night's watchmen, who were watching the wall, Evening you know, nights. looking out for the Night King and shit, just like, yeah, you know, fighting the undead. Yep. Anyways. Yeah, so. yeah, plausible. Plausible. So, uh, out there looking out for Wendigo. And then they're like, you know what, there's 42 of them, and there are only 25 of the Navajo. They're like, how can we kill them? So they got all the sagebrush and driftwood, etc. You know what's weird? They call it driftwood even if it hasn't drifted in the ocean. Then it's not driftwood. It's groundwood. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they <laughs> gathered all the sagebrush and groundwood that they could <laughs> and made a massive pile and uh, pyre at the front of the cave entrance yeah. and then set that shit on fire. Obviously, eventually, smoke begins billowing up and into the cave. And the Apache people are like, holy shit, the cave entrance is on fire, we've been found. So they start pouring all their water on it, and the uh, Navajo keep putting fuel onto the fire, making it bigger. And they're like, shit, we've run out of water and we didn't put the fire out. So they take their horses and slice their throats, begin pouring the horse blood all over the fire, trying to put it out with the horse blood. I mean, that's what you do. I've never heard about putting, what is it, sand? Sand, no, come on. They are in a desert, but no. I mean, to put on the fire... Horse blood, though. (laughs) I've heard works wonders. Have you you not seen those firefighters that ride into a fire with a horse? And then just slit their throat, (laughs) splurting. That's why they carry axes. It's for the horse throat slitting to put out the (laughs) fire. Yeah. With their blood. (laughs) That sounds like... No, no, no. Just plugs what the a, fuck plugs were going a, through their brains? Plugs a fire hose into the horse. <laughs> Shooting blood. But like, what was going through their heads? Were they like, you know what's going to work to put this out? Let's kill our horses. Life or death. Anyways, so the fire the fire still rages on even with the horse blood. Uh, oh, shit. On it. 
So they're like, shit, you know what else we can do? Put sand on it. Let's chuck these horses' bodies on this fire and smother that fire with the horse meat. You know they could have just put like a blanket over it to smother the fire, maybe. We're not just talking about a fire. We're talking about a raging inferno at this point. If... If yeah, because they put fucking horse blood Freaking, like, 30 horse plus horses. 30... Horse blood is not flammable. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, Why would firefighters use horses to put them out by? Uh, I don't know about you, but they don't go out quickly. I think what you heard is that horses explode when exposed to fire, which is true. But that's why firefighters anyone... use it, because the fire, <laughs> the blood rapidly expands when it explodes. I think anyone would explode. When exposed to fire. Exposed <laughs> to fire, for sure. This is true science here on <laughs> you, me, and the guys. We're so tired. We're all about them scientific facts at 12.28am. Yes. So, they dump all the bodies of the horses on the fire, and it still doesn't go out, so they're like, fuck. Uh, but one of the Apache managed to run across the horse bodies and jump the fire like an evil Knievel badass... And get outside of the fire, where he's confronted with the warriors, and in his uh, in his attempt at sort of bargaining for peace, he says, "You know, we'll give you all the things we stole back, and we will, uh, you know, we'll do our best to sort of repay you for what we've done." And they're like, "Okay, you know, because they're very honourable people, and in spite of the fact they slaughtered their villagers, they're like, okay, we will allow this.'" You must give us back our three people that you kidnapped. The three girls that you kidnapped. Yeah, and that's And the, the Apache guy's like, oh. oh. And they're like, uh-oh. So they just start gunning him down. They kill him. It's so weird that they have guns, like, thinking of, like... This is only 18, 1878. Like, they're, the settlers have come in at this point and traded and whatnot. They're like, have our fucking guns so we can have your fucking land. Exactly. Wow. But you can't shoot us, you got a pinky swear. (laughs) Uh, The Apaches have a death song that they sing when they're they're sure of their death. I'm not exactly sure what the significance of this death song is. But apparently the... No. Apparently the sound of the death song could be heard raging over the top of the fire as they all were suffocated. horses put out the fire. (laughs) As they were all suffocated to death. So in the morning, the Navajo people come back after having a bit of a rest and they're like, oh, wow, cool. So now they've got a wall of horse meat that's nicely cooked. I bet from they do. <laughs> yeah. And also the 42 Apaches are dead within the cave, well, suffocated to death. That makes sense for Apache Death Cave. Is that how it gets its name? Yes, that yeah, is yeah. how it gets its name. So, from then on, no Native Americans of the Apache or Navajo people have ever gone to that land, believing that it is completely cursed and haunted by the spirits. And, get this... I think what made it worse was definitely killing all the horses. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna just really dwell on that. (laughs) They killed horses for fucking (laughs) no reason. They didn't have to kill the horses. Sand puts out fires. They're in the desert. I'm really upset about that. Yeah. Well, just know that 42 horses probably died. What the fuck? <laughs> and that didn't put out the fire. So it was pointless, wasn't it? Well, they're just trying to make a meat wall. 
to block the fire from coming into the thing. But there were like cracks in the rock and stuff, so of course the smoke funneled through. Of course they would have died. Yeah. So anyways, no longer after that point did the Apache tribe ever raid any of the Navajo tribe ever again. So kill a fucking bunch of horses. <laughs> exactly. So, um... Crazy motherfuckers out here killing the transport. <laughs> so, move along to when... <laughs> move along to when someone wants to come and buy the land from the natives. This is in 1922, I believe. So, 44 years later, okay. a World War One army veteran comes and he's like, Hey, I really want to buy this. Can I buy it from you? And they're like, sure. Just letting you know, this place is cursed, and there's ghosts. Because there's dead bodies down there, we never exhumed them. Yep. So, uh, the World War One vet, the veteran is like, no problem, don't worry, I know what I'm doing. So he buys it, and he... He's no idea what he's doing. Him and his wife buy it. And they buy the land from someone impersonating an Apache war chief. Not only did the imposter sell them the land... He also stuck around after the land was sold to them and gave them a bunch of sort of suggestions and sort of pushed them in directions to create odd attractions like a zoo and like uh, where the name Two Guns came from. He made them create and invest their money in a fort that they built upon the top of the little sort of mound or mountain thing that uh, the Apache Death Cave is sort of dug underneath. So he ended up he ended up pushing them in all weird directions with their money and ultimately ended up stealing a whole ton of money off him. So, the army vet, of course, was like, what the hell, this isn't right. So, old imposter dude comes up and just shoots him and kills him. Wow. Yeah. But after a dispute with the court, in the court, it is sort of, I don't know how, but he is proven not guilty and he returns to two guns. So old mate's wife has just run off at this point, like, fuck this. I'm yeah, I would have too. You killed my husband and you're at my home. I'm gone. So he ends up uh, returning to Two Guns. This is in 1926, four years later, where he gets karma and gets attacked numerous times with those fucking zoo animals that he's Holy designed shit. to put in there. Yeah, the last of which was a gila monster, which has a super, it's like a weird reptile, has a super bacterial bite. And it took him six months to recover from the bite. And he's like, damn, this place... Do those things still exist? Yeah, they're everywhere. Not everywhere. But, I mean, they're places. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. One just lift, lift up the carpet, there's a gila monster under They're pretty big, I think. Uh, but <laughs> they're... Yeah, their bite's so, like, bacterial-filled that if it you don't have... It's like a Yu-Gi-Oh card, gila monster. Yeah, right. It's, an, it's definitely an aquatic I gila monster. Animal. Uh, so he ended up having to recover from that for six months, and then he's like, fuck this, this place is haunted, and cur- or just cursed, that's what he thought. So he bailed. Twelve years later, the army veteran's widow and her new husband return to Two Guns in 1938. But they are then met with a decade of decline as their attempts to revitalise the town fail, and they bail. It failed and they bail. They fail and they bail. So this is pretty much the curse I'm talking about that they say the people who have bought it and the owners of Two Guns say that exists within the property. So, continuing on to 1960, Ben Dreher bought Two Guns and attempted 
to revitalize everything. And everything was going great. They even built like a new highway exit going directly into the town because the town depended on that traffic coming through. And as he is closing in on its completion, guess what? He gets bitten by Big a fire. monster. Okay. Nope, close. <laughs> Big fire, everything's destroyed. You know what they should have done? What? Got them horses out. They should have. <laughs> That's the thing. Gotten those exploding horses out and just chucked yeah. them at the fire. Instant fire. Oh no, out. the fire's here. Get the horses. Chuck your horses under, under the sink. <laughs> you know how you keep a fire extinguisher in it. Keep your fire horse under the sink? Yeah. It's like a, a water horse. What the hell's it called? A seahorse. <laughs> it's like a seahorse, but it's a fire horse. <laughs> Uh, seahorse. So move along and like this big. Yeah, with a little pouch and So moving along to the second last owner is a entrepreneur by the name of Howard Armstrong who bought it, and before he could make any sort of modifications or renovations or anything, had a big stroke, died, Ooh, dead. Then coming nice. to the last owner in two thousand. Jimmy Salinga, who was the last and final caretaker of the property, but he killed himself on the property itself. Oh, why? No one knows. And ever since then, it's just said that all who enter the property and all who enter the cave are overcome with sickness and bad health, be it you know, mentally, physically, everything. I mean, if you get a bit like. One of those gila monsters. Yeah, and I'm good. sure if you consume enough horse blood, <laughs> exactly. you're going to get sick. Yeah. It wasn't just gila monsters in the zoo. There were like mountain lions, bobcats, coyotes. This dude had just like the most dangerous things. It was like, How was that a zoo? And they weren't even in good cages. They were in like wooden fence little areas. Yeah. Hey, I don't know about you, but Priscilla can jump a wooden fence. Yeah, she can. A mountain lion can jump a tree. For sure. Anyways. You so. can't jump a mountain. That's why it's called a mountain lion. True facts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, that, that cryptid that I was talking about is supposed to live inside the cave. It is the rumour of two guns. Uh, it is the Aswan. Mm-hmm. And it is apparently a shape-shifting vampiric half-dog human with a notable hollow tongue for sucking human organs from the body of its victims. How do you have a hollow tongue? Imagine a bend. Oh my god! Are you an Uzwang? Belinda just like curled her tongue into a hollow tube and turned also into a half dog human vampire Can you guys and then hear tried that? to kill me. That's me. Sucking dick. <laughs> so imagine a, a werewolf vampire mosquito. A werewolf vampire mosquito. That's what an Oswang is. With little mosquito wings. It's like a, I no wings. What I'm seeing is a werewolf with like a cape on okay. with mosquito wings. <laughs> a werewolf with a, with a cape on? Yeah, like what a vampire. Make, that's what makes a vampire a vampire. Um, the cape. I don't know how many movies you've seen, <laughs> but a lot of vampires wear capes. They do? Yeah. What about the fangs? Yeah, he's a werewolf. <laughs> Sorry, Aswang's fangs already. What the fuck? Yeah, but he also and has then a... he's just like out here with a. Tongue. He has a, he has a sucky proboscis. <laughs> it's 
talking for Pisces. It sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> Billy and the boys and their sucky proboscis. Sucky proboscis. <laughs> okay, so the reported hauntings of two guns currently. <laughs> Alright. So the reported. <laughs> Apparently, there are. Um, if you get a thermal camera and look into the cave itself, you can see sort of a ton of heat coming out of the cave and upon entering into the cave some of the rooms like there are actual rooms that have been carved out by the people who live there that's really smart yeah some of the rooms are like hot like they're it's odd like when you're when they're recording it like the rest of the area leading up to this one room that's like super deep back underground mm. will be like bluish. You know how you see through thermal, it's like blue. Yeah. And then on which that it's like white and yellow. Yeah. It's like it's very odd. Um, so it's kind of like the devil's tree and heat rock. Yeah, yeah. It's heat just rock, hell's hell. portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So enterers, people who enter Zeus tourists down there making everyone sick. Exactly. Yeah. Done. Tourists who enter the cave also say that they hear voices spoken in the Apache language. Mm-mm. They hear death chants of the Apaches that were done yep. in their final moments. They hear cries for help. Yep. Sudden bursts of heat as if flame was coming up from within the crevice. Physical things like grabbing, touching, pushing, shoving, all that sort of thing. Shadow figures apparently can be seen walking around the entirety of two guns and emerging from the death cave itself. And there is also talk of spontaneous bursts of fire erupting from areas within two guns. In the shape of guns. horse. In the shape of a horse, yeah. And exploding horses. If you take your horse there, uh, it does. Watch out. <laughs> it's dead. Those, I think those... Shadow people are just waiting for a chance to, like, turn around, look around, just gut your horse. Fuck that shit. Put out a fire or two. We're not going there. I don't want to go to any haunted place like this. Yeah. I'm happy to go to an asylum or a jail. What are they going to do? Breathe down my neck? Ooh. I don't want a random thing of fire just to combust near me. You don't want a bunch of horses to pile up into a wall near No, absolutely not. Also, are you feeling that draft? Me? In the room? Yes. No. A draft? Yes. Like something blowing on you? Yes, like a cold draft is standing on my legs. Oh, really? Can you just, like, come in this spot? Down, Down near my feet as well. Your feet are pretty cold. I literally feel something, like, as if there's a wind. That's so weird. Is it gone now I'm touching it? No. It's like around my feet area. Oh, really? It, I, I swear. Is it cold over here? Do um, you feel anything? Put your feet over here. Tell me if you feel anything. So, yeah, everything's pretty crazy in that death cave, you know? Yeah. So no one else has tried to buy it? Oh, man, that dude who was the imposter, he straight up took the skulls and bones of the Apache people who died down there and sold them as souvenirs. Is he fucking insane? I think so. Well... This wall is very cold. It's probably just the cold from the wall. Yeah. This, yeah, the, this area is like the coolest in the house. <clears throat> um, yeah, so no one else has tried to buy the place since all these sort of strange things happen. I think everyone's giving in to the fact that maybe the land is cursed. Agreed. Agreed. So anyways, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. 
It's getting late. It's getting very late. We got work early. You got work early. Mm-hmm. The one day I work this week and we do a podcast before. Oh, no. You have been listening to You, Me and a Poltergeist. You can find us on Instagram at You, Me and a Poltergeist. As well as Facebook, You, Me and a Poltergeist. And if you have any stories you want to send in to us, please send them to You, Me and a Poltergeist at gmail.com. Slide into You, Me and a Poltergeist DMs with those stories. Please do. But you can still follow us on our personals, which mine is Bambi Mackers, B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S. And mine is Brain Farish, B-R-A-Y-D-O-N, number five, A-S-H. A-S-H. And as always, you can find our merch on the description box below. Find us on all great podcasting networks. Absolutely. You're listening to us on a good part called... Fluent, <laughs> Fluent gibberish. gibberish. You are obviously listening to us on a podcasting network platform, whatever it is. Like Spotify. But if you do want to change up, we're on everywhere. Right on. Okay, sure. I'm tired. I just bit my lips with <laughs> that. Hey, we love you all and please remember... To exercise regularly... You don't need them, damn ghosts in your house. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.